Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's your host, Amy Bailey, owner of Terra Lotus Physical Therapy and Wellness. And I have a guest with me today who we've heard from before on a previous episode. I have Jen LeCogeek. Did I say that right? Yeah. You got it. Okay. I've been working on it. So Jen and I did a podcast and I'll have to look up the episode number, but we talked about coaching and women's health. And so now Jen has gotten brave and put on her entrepreneurial hat and has started her own practice. So Jen, tell us about your practice. Yeah, thanks, Amy. It's good to be back. Um, So I've been a pelvic PT in Nashville for about 10 years now and decided to finally take the leap into starting my own business. So as of October 2021, um, I have been out practicing on my own. My practice is called Nashville Pelvic Health. Um, and yeah, it's been such a great transition to really just create a clinic and a space, um, exactly how I want to be able to care for the women of Nashville. I love that. And you picked the best name, Nashville Pelvic Health. Like nobody can beat that. <laughs> Short and sweet and easy to find on Google. Cause you know, my name is very difficult to <laughs> spell and pronounce. So I wanted something easy for folks to find. I think that's so smart. And October, so I started my practice in October of 2018. So I think October is a great month to launch into a business. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's been so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Once you open your own practice, you just can't go back. You get to do things the way you want and make it yours and treat people the way they deserve to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing beats it. Yeah. So you're a physical therapist. I don't think I said that, but you're a a pelvic floor physical therapist like I am. And do you have like a special population you like to treat? Do you treat everyone? Are there certain age groups? Just give us a kind of a rundown of what your practice looks like. Yeah. So as I'm sure your listeners are aware of by now, you know, pelvic floor PT can really encompass a wide variety of diagnoses, men, women, all kinds of stuff. So I really, although I treat a little bit of everything, my really like the patient population that I really love to treat is pelvic pain. So women who've been dealing with chronic pelvic pain issues, women who are dealing with um, some of the urinary conditions like overactive bladder, painful bladder syndrome, interstitial cystitis, um, and then also women who are experiencing dyspareunia, which is the term we have for women who are having pain during sex and intercourse. I love it. You and I are one and the same. I love treating that type of patient caseload as well. But there's so many areas we can treat, not just pelvic pain, but leaking of urine or feces, pregnancy and postpartum issues, and just helping people help support a normal pregnancy. Exactly. Yeah. And all the things that come along postpartum too, all the postural changes, you know, a lot of muscles get tight and short, other muscles get weak and stretched out. So really just working with women after pregnancy, which I really believe should be the standard of care, helping them with postural alignment, retraining their breathing patterns, teaching them how to reconnect with their core, 
you know, so that they can care for their newborns and their toddlers and get back to the activities that they want to do for fitness or for fun. It's a really important part of women's health care that I feel goes overlooked a lot of times. And a lot of women miss out on things that could be super helpful for them. I love that. I mean, we're easing them back into safe movement a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And helping them figure out like the right pacing for that, because I think a lot of women feel like, oh, they just need to like hit the ground running. You know, there's a period of time where the body needs to rest and recover where that's the emphasis, gentle movements, getting back into regular activities. And then like, when is the right time to introduce impact activities like running? And even if it's the quote unquote right time, like, is that woman prepared you know, we even have screens that we can do for kind of return to fitness and impact exercises that, you know, really help women identify not just like when's the right time, but are there any things they need to work on with like their leg strength or, you know, their breathing patterns and things like that. Yeah, just balance, good to know stuff. Balance, stability. Yes. Especially for the postpartum client, that six week checkup, everybody hit the ground running, go, go, go. And not everybody. Right. <laughs> Right. Just because you might be like medically safe to do something doesn't mean that you're physically and or emotionally ready to get back to those things. That's a big one. Emotionally ready. You're balancing a new life, you know, whether it's your first kid or your fifth kid, you've added a new right. member to your family. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things you kind of touched on with the posture and the breathing, you know, we are regular PTs. I think I have to explain this to people often. I went to PT school, just like the PT that you would go see for your knee. So yeah. once a patient, always a patient, how many patients do you see that end up coming back to you for shoulder pain or back pain? We can totally treat that stuff too. And I think yep. there's a misconception that we went to a whole different type of school <laughs> for what we do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I actually, my certif- my um, specialty certification is in orthopedics. So even though, and and really I consider pelvic floor PT to be a very specialized niche within orthopedics. So I feel like really skilled pelvic PTs um, have to be really skilled orthopedic PTs and vice versa. Orthopedic PTs who aren't pelvic health providers need to have a really good understanding of how the pelvic floor is functioning as part of that core system and part of the hip system. Because, you know, as we all know, everything's connected. I agree. It's all anatomy. Yeah. Having a firm understanding of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the barriers that women have to getting into pelvic PT, because there's so many women who could benefit is, you know, they don't, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So how does a woman, A, even know pelvic floor physical therapy exists? And then also if she knows that it exists, I think there are a lot of people who are sort of pelvic floor curious, like, okay, I've heard about the pelvic floor. I know that it's really important, but how do I know if I have pelvic floor dysfunction or not, or if I need to seek care? That's a great intro to what we're going to talk about. And just to let the audience know, Jen and I are going to be doing a series of podcasts focusing on pelvic health and focusing on pelvic floor physical therapy. So if y'all have suggestions on topics you want us to cover, you can email us, you can find us on Instagram, and we'll give you all those ways later on in the podcast. But we are going to kind of dive into all these things like access to care and who, what we're going to touch on now is just a screening tool that one of our friends, Nicole Cozine created, and it's a published screening tool. And she's a leader in our field. And it just kind of goes through a checklist of things that you may want to look at. And if you 
have some of these things, it's probably time to reach out to a pelvic floor PT. Yeah, definitely. So it's called the Cozine Screening Protocol. And Amy, what do you think about just taking the listeners through the checklist and letting them see how many of these things might apply to them? You want to go through it item by item? Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to go through 10 different items here. And so as we go through, you know, just keep a check mark if any of these things apply to you. And at the end, we'll kind of talk about how to know if you're someone who might benefit from seeing a pelvic floor PT. So the first item on the checklist would be if you sometimes have pelvic pain um, that is greater than a three out of 10 on a one to 10 scale with 10 being the worst pain imaginable. And Amy, I'm sure as you know, like when we're talking about pelvic pain, the pelvis is kind of like a general term. So this could be, you know, pain in the genitals, pain in the perineum, which is sort of the area where you would sit on a bicycle, pain in the lower abdominal area or kind of back by the sacrum, the SI joints. Yeah, I don't want, and I love that you brought up the lower abdominal area because that does fall into our realm of pelvic pain. And so many people just assume, and it could be, but they assume, oh, it's a gut issue. I need to go see a GI and not think Mm -hmm. the pelvic floor may be affected or maybe an abdominal scar is the cause of this from a laparoscopy or a C-section appendectomy, so many ways to go through that. A lot of, I've found a lot of women too, if they're having lower abdominal pain, they think that it's either their bladder or they think it's an ovary. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting, right? Because if you think it's your ovary, you go to the gynecologist and they work up that pelvic pain one way. You think it's your bladder, you go to the urologist and they work up that pelvic pain a different way. So You know, one of the things that's so interesting about the pelvic region is you have all these systems overlapping the bladder, the bowel, the sexual organs, all the orthopedic, and really the pelvic floor is the common denominator of all these systems. So we see a lot of folks with pelvic floor dysfunction have symptoms across, you know, pelvic pain complaints, urinary conditions, bowel conditions, issues with their sexual function. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, ladies. So number one would be if you sometimes have pelvic pain greater than three out of 10, give yourself a check mark. Okay. Number two, you can remember falling onto your tailbone, lower back or buttocks. And this would extend back even into your childhood days. Yep. A mechanical ball. Think about snowboarding. Think about if you were a gymnast, a dancer, soccer player, any type of sport, really, or you just slipped and fell down your stairs, which most of us have done at some point in our life. Yeah. Or I feel like sledding. You know, we occasionally we'll get a big snow in Nashville and then everybody goes crazy and busts out all kinds of crazy things to sled on. And I feel like every time we have folks coming in after a sledding injury. True. A bike fall. Hear those yep. too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing in, you know, in childhood, you might have a fall and not realize that you have developed any sort of pelvic floor dysfunction. A lot of times these things don't manifest until later on in the lifespan when maybe you start using tampons and notice like, Ooh, that hurts or is comfortable. Or, you know, you become sexually active later and you're having pain with intercourse or those types of things. Mm-hmm. A history of constipation. I hear that a lot oh, yep. since I was a kid and it could be related back to that fall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, so number two is you remember a fall basically onto your pelvis. Okay, number three is going to go over some urinary symptoms. So if you're experiencing any of, the, any of these, you can put a check mark by number three. So the first one would be if you leak sometimes. So if you're experiencing accidental loss of urine, whether it be like with coughing, sneezing, impact activities, or maybe um, you know, you're having like really strong urgency and you can't make it to the bathroom and you're leaking a little bit on the way to the bathroom. Lifting, um, lifters, crossfitting, yep. um, leaking with certain lifts. Yes. 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 Which is common, but not normal. And definitely, you know, there's a lot of myths out there about, oh, if you're not, you know, if you're not leaking when you're lifting, you must not be pushing yourself to the max. And that is definitely a myth we need to bust that, you know, that is just normal and accepted. Okay. Um, also with the urinary symptoms, if you ever have this sensation that you like when you're voiding, that you haven't fully voided your bladder, difficulty fully emptying, um, or if after you void, you get that urge to void again, um, returning quickly. So having to void within a few minutes of a previous void. If you ever experience pain or burning with urination, or if you ever notice difficulty starting or frequent sort of stopping and starting like an interruption to your urinary stream. And so these can all be signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, you know, your pelvic floor muscles need to relax properly for you to avoid normally. Um, and they also need to have good coordination, control, and strength to prevent urine loss when you want. Yeah, I think you covered that one. Good. All right. Okay. Number four, this would be if you're having to get up at night two or more times to use the bathroom on a regular basis. Yes, All right. Not impacting. Oh, we are not getting enough sleep then. Yes. And when we're not getting enough sleep, that impacts everything else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number five would be sometimes having a feeling of increased pelvic pressure or the sensation of your pelvic organs sort of slipping down or falling out. Um, so these might be indicative of a condition called pelvic organ prolapse. And um, Amy, do you want to talk about some of the some of the common things you hear, like some of the common symptoms of yeah. prolapse from your patients? I think pelvic heaviness is one or pelvic fatigue, especially after exercising or at the end of the day, feeling yeah. something down there when you wipe or the sensation of there's a tampon. I feel like I have a tampon in my vagina, but I know I don't have a tampon in my vagina. That feeling of something being in there. Yeah. Kind of like a pressure, heaviness, dragging sensation. Sometimes, you know, that can even like extend up into the lower abdominal area also. And I think like you mentioned, you know, typically feeling worse with exercise or kind of longer periods of time up on your feet and moving about during the day. And I'm picking up my kids. If I'm baby wearing and I go on a hike, I feel a lot of pressure in my pelvis. I hear that one a lot. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Number six a history of pain in the low back, hip, groin, or tailbone region, or a history of sciatica. 
So here we're kind of getting into more of those like orthopedic complaints of pelvic pain kind of around the joints around the pelvis. Yeah. And I think this just goes back to, this is our specialty. We are regular PTs, if you want to call it that, that have a specialty in the spine and pelvis. And all of these things you just mentioned, the low back, the hip, the groin, the tailbone, all that is part of the pelvic complex. And absolutely. How many referrals do you get from chiropractors or orthopedic PTs that have like tried everything and they just can't get it? This is what I get. Yep. Yep. They're like, we can't quite figure this out. We think that maybe there's a piece that's missing here. And when you think about it, the pelvic floor musculature has attachments into all of these regions. So we see the pelvic floor um, attaching into the femur involved with your hip complex. Um, all those deep pelvic floor muscles attached to the tailbone, attach into the lower portions of the sacrum. So, you know, not only are they connected from sort of a functional standpoint, but there's also direct muscular attachments. All right. Number seven, we're going to get into some bowel symptoms here. So if you ever have a loss of bowel control, if you have a feeling of not fully emptying your bowels with a bowel movement, if you are having to frequently strain or have pain with a bowel movement, or if you have difficulty initiating a bowel movement. So if you all have any of those symptoms, give yourself a check next to number seven. I wanna throw in there too that weren't mentioned just because I think they're important, hemorrhoids or chronic hemorrhoids and mm -hmm. inability to stop passing gas. You just have no control over it. Yes, yes, yep. Those are definitely good ones to add in there. Okay, number eight, sometimes experiencing pain or discomfort with sexual activity or intercourse. Oh, here's a myth we might need to bust. Just have a glass of wine and relax. Makes me so mad. <laughs> Makes me so mad too. And a lot of women are told that by their OBs yeah. um, and gynecologists when they go in complaining of sex and intercourse. It's normal. Um, it's normal to have pain with intercourse. It's fine. Just relax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ladies, I'm here to tell you it is not normal and there's a lot you can do about it. So reach out. Also, if you're having pain with insertion of anything into your vagina, a tampon, yes. anything else you may want to put in there. Yep. Pain with gynecological exams. I often see women, you know, who actually I've got two women that I'm seeing right now who have significant medical conditions where they need to be able to have a transvaginal ultrasound and they just cannot, they cannot tolerate that medical exam. Um, you know, so we're working to try to relax the pelvic floor muscles and, and desensitize them so that they can have the medical care that they need to follow up on some of these disease processes going on. So important. Okay. And number 10 is prolonged sitting increases. Oh, wait. So, Sorry, number nine, skip number nine. Sexual activity increases one or more of your other symptoms. So any of the pelvic symptoms that we've talked about so far, if those are worse after sex, give yourself a check mark for number nine. And that could be immediately after sex or in a you know, couple days following. Mm -hmm. So that could be pelvic pain. That could be increased bladder symptoms or leaking, leaking with orgasm, pain in your rectum after sex. Abdominal mm -hmm. pain. What did I forget? Yep. 
lower abdominal pain, sort of like menstrual crampy sensation. Uh, one of the things that I see frequently, I, I work with a lot of women with interstitial cystitis and painful bladder syndrome. And so a lot of women can get a flare up in their symptoms after sexual activity. Okay. And then last but not least, number 10, put a check mark if prolonged sitting increases any of the symptoms um, that we talked about so far. Very common in my experience for sitting to flare up any sort of pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. Okay. So those were our 10 items. And if you checked three or more, then that is indicative that you might have some pelvic floor dysfunction. Now, some of the most common out of those symptoms, some of the most common risk factors are going to be the pelvic pain, the urinary urgency frequency, the orthopedic pain around the pelvis, and then symptoms that get worse with prolonged sitting. So, Ladies, if you meet the criteria, you definitely want to reach out to a skilled pelvic floor PT to talk further and get yourself checked out. And just so you know, you don't have to have a referral in Tennessee to come and see yeah. a PT. I think that's important. Sometimes the access to care can be limited and sometimes it's hard getting an appointment with another provider like an OB or whatnot. So you can reach out to one of us. I keep saying this, Nashville is so blessed. We have a lot of great pelvic health physical therapists in our area. Absolutely. Um, so reach out to one of us. I've had several on my podcast and Jen and I are going to give you our information too, to reach out to us, but you can just get an evaluation if you have questions about these things and check out your pelvic health. I think everybody should have, even if you aren't having symptoms, should have a pelvic floor exam so you understand your body better and, and get a baseline. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, I think as women in general, um, you know, our healthcare, we have unique concerns. You know, we have all these changes with pregnancy. We have hormonal changes that affect so much in our bodies. Um, you know, we have the pressure of doing it all, you know, having kids, having a career, all those things. And traditionally in the healthcare system, you know, it's been men who are conducting the research, you know, the drugs that are developed for men. And so one of the things that I love about being public for being a public floor physical therapist is I feel like there's a real advocacy in what we do, empowering women to take charge of their healthcare. And I agree with you 100%, like you do not have to have a doctor's referral or permission to go see a pelvic floor PT, you know, if you think, if you have any concerns, if you think you would benefit, you know, take the initiative and reach out to one of us so that we can teach you about your pelvic floor function and your pelvic floor health to really set you up for, you know, optimal quality of life throughout your lifespan. And we will more than happily refer you back to a doctor if we need to, you know, we're not absolutely, we love collaborating with other healthcare providers. Um, one other thing that just popped in my head, um, OTs can specialize in pelvic health. Do you know of any OTs in Nashville that do pelvic health? I don't off the top of my head. I do not know of any OTs in Nashville. I know some sort of on the more general national level, but I don't know of any. So out there, OTs, if you're listening and you do pelvic health in Nashville, be sure to reach out to us. Yeah. I didn't want to leave out our OTs too. But yep. Yes. 
Yes. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the Cozine screening tool? Yeah. You know, I think we could um, probably like post a link somewhere. Yeah. So if yeah. anybody wants to be able to like read it or give it to one of their girlfriends, like I think having like access to that sp screening protocol can really help women figure out like when and if they need to see someone. So I posted this probably three years ago on my Instagram page, the pelvic yogi. Um, gosh, I'm having to scroll, 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 but I will repost it again when we publish this episode. So it will be right there too. Yeah. And I'll post it on my Instagram too. Yes. It's funny. I can't even go back so far. It's hilarious. <laughs> So I think, you know, we covered some of the things we want to talk about in upcoming episodes, for sure, maybe some diagnosis-based episodes, endometriosis, I see and bladder pain syndrome are huge that people yeah, don't really understand, yeah. um, and myths regarding pelvic health in general, you touched on painful intercourse and just drinking a glass of wine. Right. <laughs> Leaking is normal after you have a baby. It's just something you have to deal with. My mom leaks. I have a small bladder. Small bladder. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. I hear that one quite frequently. Yeah. So we can definitely kind of go through some of the myths. And if y'all have some, please reach out. Um, a lot of things with diastasis recti, I can never do a sit up again. Mm -hmm. I can never do a plank. Is it safe to exercise? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would love to hear, you know, from your listeners, anything that they're interested in learning more about, or if they just want to hear us nerd out on a topic, like I'm always game for that. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, Jen, tell our listeners how to reach you. Number one, if they want to book an appointment and number two, like as a follow-up to this podcast for questions or topic ideas. Yeah. So um, my website is nashvillepelvichealth.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Nashville Public Health. Awesome. And if you want to reach out yep. to me, you can find me on Instagram as the Pelvic Yogi. Uh, my website is www.pelvicyogi.com or Amy, which is spelled funny, A-I-M-E-E -E, at the Pelvic Yogi.com or at the Pelvic Yogi for email. And all of that should be in the show notes. So they'll, if they want to look back, they can look back. Perfect. Perfect. I'll link my email in there for you guys too. Awesome. Anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go? Nope. I'm just really excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this podcast and helping get the word out about pelvic health. It's so needed. And I'm glad there's someone in our community who's committed to doing that. And I'm excited to be on for you with this series and talk some pelvic health with you. Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest and for continuing to jump in here with me and talk about the gal. I love it. All right. Guys, I hope you'll have a great week and we will talk to you next week.